have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 13. <clears throat> I like what the first few words say. This is a true saying. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. The bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor no stickter, nor greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, nor given to much wine, not a filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith and a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so, must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and, and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for the opportunity you have afforded our church tonight to have a new elected couple to come aboard to serve our church family. Father, I thank you for all of our deacons and their wives. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for them, and I pray that you'd bless them tonight. We pray for those that are absent from us, that you would bless them. And Lord, just speak to our hearts, and uh, may all things be clear and understood in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you men, you ladies, you've been selected to... Uh, Serve our great congregation. Serve your servants. Um, and that carries a, a big load with it. Um, we sing a song, Serve the Lord with Gladness. Um, the scripture says, Come before His presence with thanksgiving. I mean, it, it, is, a, it is an honor, it is a privilege uh, that God has given the local church to select men along the way who, who have been found, as the scripture hath said. And um, even tonight, in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church so much that he gave himself for it. So we just want to look at the scripture. If you still have your Bibles open, uh, <clears throat> beginning there with verse 8, 
the Bible, the verse says, be grave. Now, what that simply means is to be serious about the work of the Lord. And when I think of the work of the Lord, I think, first of all, about his will. You know, to find his will is not always easy. And when you find his will, then the next thing that needs to happen is that we work. The will that he has given us because it is the way that God has designed the church to operate. To find the will and do the work and be in his way. Not a hindrance way, but a way that is supportive of what God leads us as a church family um, to do. It says not double-tongued. A word, say what you mean and mean what you say. And, you know, when you can't count on that, then you've got a problem. And even starting with the preacher going throughout the whole congregation, uh, we need to mean what we say and to uh, say what we mean. And the scripture also is very plain, do not lie. In other words, what I say, you can count on it. And what you say, we should be able to count on it. And another thing that it brings about and makes mention of is not much wine. You see, to me, drinking is not tolerated in the Christian life. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. And I have been approached by that by uh, many people. Is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? Well, you answer this question. If you entered a restaurant and you saw Lynn and I sitting there at the table with a glass of wine or a beer on the table, what would your opinion be of your pastor? You'll have to answer that. What would your opinion be? People are watching. People are looking. You say, well, it's my business what I do. Not if it's hindering the cause of Christ. Hey, I'm sold out to Jesus. I belong to him. I'm his property. If he don't like me, it's his business what he does with me. Okay? So, not much wine. And, and so the, the scripture goes on. It talks about wine for the stomach. All right? Now, listen, don't misunderstand this tonight. God created wine, okay? He created the fruit that produces wine. And, and in the scripture, it talks about the wine. It talks about, you know, he was a part of the wedding who served the best wine. So what does he mean? What is he saying? Hey, you know, a little wine. Maybe your stomach's upset. Hey, a swallow or two for the stomach? Now, I, you know, I have told our boys, I said, now, boys, I want to tell you this how it is. You can do what you want to because you're grown men. But you had a granddaddy who was an alcoholic. I have some of his blood in me, okay? I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you just how it is. I have always been afraid to even taste of it. For fear that I could fall. I could like the taste of it. I don't know. But I don't want to take that chance. And so I tell, I tell my boys, look, at you have that bloodline in you also. So don't think. And some people say, oh, I can control my drinking. Yeah, as soon as I get so much in me, I can't stand up. I'm out of control. I've done lost it. So I don't think, I don't think you know, it's, it's just not tolerated. Um, among Christians. Uh, you see, the Christian life is, is uh, supposed to be setting the example that others will want what we have, okay? And, and want to follow who we're following. Uh, the, the Bible continues, uh, not greedy of filthy lucre. That's money matters. Well, you know, I've, 
I have never, ever, since I've been pastoring, I've never, ever investigated to see who's given and who's not given and how much we have and all of this. I will not dare take it up. I certainly will not attempt to count it. Do you understand? Um, I told you about Friday night in the concession stand. Hey, the boy, if money's put in my hand right quick, I'd holler Cassie and I'd get rid of it. I don't even want to even see. How, hey, don't, don't hand it to me. You know, I don't know what I might do under temptation. I don't know what I might do under pressure. So I don't, if I don't put myself in those uh, positions. Uh, the Bible simply says the love of money is the root of all evil. You understand? It's not money. It's the love of money to the point that it begins to control uh, you or me. Verse 9 makes mention of a pure conscience. In Acts 24, verse 16, it says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience, listen to this, void of offense toward God and toward man. And I've, I've shared some of this with you before, that if I think somebody's got something against me, it's my responsibility to go to them and try to fix it. I shouldn't be sitting back waiting for them to come. I should go and straighten it out if I can. Now, you can't always straighten and fix things, right? You can't always do it. You can go and you can offer an apology. But if they don't accept it, then, hey, you've done your part. And, they, and things come up. Occasions, whoa, you, you're a deacon in the church. You, well, listen, if, I, if I've offended you or I have offended you, I realize I have offended you and I have wronged you. I have said what I shouldn't have said and I beg you, I ask you, to forgive me. And if they do, wonderful. If they don't, then, hey, it's, it's their problem. You see, we need, a, we need our, our conscience to be guided by the Holy Spirit of God. You know, he is the third person. And we sometimes don't recognize him as a person. We talk about it. Well, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, that's who lives in, inside of us if we're saved. Now, I don't know how it will be when we get to heaven, but I believe this. I believe I will see God. I will see him with my eye as he sees me, and he is a real person. I believe I will see Jesus because he is a real person. I don't have a clue what the Holy Spirit looks like, all right? <clears throat> but I do know I can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit, but he is a person, and whatever he look, looks like, I believe if he if, if is there, and why shouldn't he be there, we will be able to look at him. You know, hey, he lives inside. You know, it's like a, a woman carrying a baby, okay? Now, they can predict what sex it is, yes. They can pick up the heartbeat and the lungs. They can pick up all kind of things. But I've yet to have seen a picture of what they look like. You? Have you? I haven't. Um... Uh, so, you know, the Holy Spirit's living with inside. And one day, I believe that we will see him, just like the Bible says we'll see Jesus as he is, and we'll be uh, just like him. In verse 10, it talks about being proved. You see, to me, I don't have to prove anything to God because he already knows. But I need to be approved of man. And every day, it's a day to work on that. And work on it genuinely. 
Um, when we think about these things, you know, to, to, to prove myself, um, I don't need anything against me, okay? If, if, like I said earlier, if, if it is, I need to fix it. I need to get it straightened out so that, hey, when I stand before God, I don't want anything hindering between me and my Heavenly Father. And so every day is a day to prove myself. The Bible makes mention of blameless. You know what it simply means is innocent before God, okay? Innocent before God because he is the final judge. He is the one that I will stand before just like I'm standing before you right now. The Bible says, and give an account of my life of everything done in it, whether it be good or bad. One man said, hey, I've done so many bad things before I got saved. I don't worry God will ever let me in. And I said, listen, the day you got saved from there backwards is gone. Bible says he remembers it no more. But what from that day of being saved forward, that's what I'm going to give an account for. My sins are under the blood of Jesus. What about when I sin again? They're still under the blood. When I ask for forgiveness, he saves. When Jesus died, he died one time. He died for everybody. He died for my past, my present, and my future sins. Y'all come on if you want to help me. Might get done quicker. I don't know. And then in uh, verses 7 through 11 talks about the wives. I thank God tonight for Lynn. I, I don't know where I'd be in this spiritual realm of my life if it wasn't for her. And men, you need to thank God for your wife. And you need to tell her that you're thankful for her. You need to pray for her. You see, um, Bible says their wives. It don't say somebody else's wife. Their wives. It makes mention of their grave. Ladies, simply means be serious about serving your Lord. Because now, you know, Gary, you, y'all been a team a long time, but now you've been selected to serve as one of our deacons. And Carol, you, you just, as far as I'm concerned, you're a deaconess. Okay? You're a deaconess. You're right along beside. And, and we need that. We need uh, that to be. And I, I'm, I, again, I'll tell you both, I am so proud of you. I can't express in my heart, um, I can't express to you what I feel in my heart, how I feel about you too, and how much I love you, and I know that you pray for your pastor, and I know uh, that you support me. Um, it, it says to be serious in the Lord. It talks about uh, uh, being serious with your man and your children and your church <clears throat> and not someone else's. It says not slanderers. Uh, words uh, tell the truth and don't support any lie. Be, be quick to speak up. Hey, that's not so. <clears throat> that is not so. It makes mention of the word sober. Well, you could say, hey, not drunk on liquor or wine, but you could also say clear thinking. Be sober-minded. Clear thinking in the things that come about. Faithful in all things. Ladies, I don't leave out anything when it says all things. Um, and it's a load. Hey, it's a load, ladies. And God will help you carry it out. 
You know, if someone calls, say, hey, I need to talk to so-and-so. Well, he's not here. Is there anything I could help you with? Is there anything I can help you with? And that be a part of being faithful and standing um, with your man. And in verse 12, it talks about one wife, nothing more. In fact, there's no room for an outside lover here. You know, I, I, very, I am very, very cautious about being alone with the opposite sex, okay? I am very, very cautious about being alone with children, okay? Now, in my own heart and mind, I would not touch another woman. I would not harm or do something to deface a child, but I don't know what I might do if I'm put in a position. Hello? So, therefore, I do not put myself in uh, that position, and so we think about that. You know, it talks about um, our house, ruling our house. Well, I can say this, one's enough. Well, one house is enough to try to, to rule over and to take care of. And uh, verse 13 talks about a degree, talks about boldness. Um, we, we earn that degree by the will of God. You know, how much does God put on us? Well, according to the Bible, he don't put more on us than we can bear then we can stand and somebody says well I think God's overrated me no he hasn't overrated us he knows what we can take okay but sometimes the devil will say to us you can't handle this and a lot of people do things that they shouldn't do and they say well you know God put more on me than I can tell no he didn't no he didn't you just you and I we just give in to the devil and his ways and that's what happened and so we don't want to do that we don't want to even think about that and uh, so we, we look at the scriptures tonight. You know, it is what it is. I didn't write it. It's just my job to deliver it. And so it's, it's our job as a collective body, pastor and deacons and their wives, that we work together to accomplish that which God has set before us, to raise our church, to lead our church, to train our church, and to be faithful to our church. So, at this time, Carol, I want you and uh, Gary to come and just stand right here at the front and face the congregation. I want to lead you in something, and all you've got to do is face that crowd. All you've got to do is repeat after me. That's good. You hold her hand. She don't, I don't want her running away from you there. <laughs> all right, if you folk listen now, is this couple... Uh, says this to you because I've, I've talked to them about it, all right? Thank you for your confidence that you have placed in me as a congregation. We will read the Word of God every day. We will pray for our church family every day. And we will do our best to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We ask you as a congregation to pray for us. Now, church family, I want you to stand. And if you would, repeat after me. We as a congregation of people, accept you, Gary and Carol, as our deacon and wife, and we'll pray for you and support you as you help lead our church to the next level and God being our witness 
We truly love you. You may be seated. Gary, you may be seated. I want, Cassie's going to put up on the screen Acts 6, because I've been asked this question before. What, what, what significance? Why lay hands on somebody? Okay? So I want you to listen to what the scripture says. And in those days, that is the days of the beginning of the, of the church and the beginning of the work of the Holy Spirit of God, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. A hundred percent vote. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost. And Philip. And Porchorus. And Nicanor. And Timon. And Parmesius. And Nicholas. Who was a proselyte of Antioch. Whom... They sat before the apostles, and listen to this, and when they prayed, they laid hands on them. At this time, Brother Dean is coming to lead us in our ordination prayer. We'll have a chair placed right here, and Gary, at the, at the amen, if you would, son, just take your position, sit down in the chair, and every ordained man in the house tonight, you're going to be asked to come. And lay your hands on him. And all this is saying is we approve of you, Gary and Carol. And after you lay your hands on, there's a certificate right over here. If you would sign your name to it. And we have a frame. We'll put that in at the close of the service tonight so Gary and Carol can have that. So at this time, Brother Dean is going to lead us in our ordination prayer. And Gary, at the, amen if you'll take your seat right here at the front, son. Later on, Paul had visited the church of the island of Crete. And he had taken Titus with him to be in charge of the work. So he instructed Titus in verse 5. He said, For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed them. So as we come to this ordination service, all of our deacons, let's have a renewal of our purpose. Ordained means to be set apart. And sometimes we forget that. And it takes a service like this to remind us that we need to serve. And at this time, I'd ask that we pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to this ordination service tonight, Lord, with humble hearts. We ask, God, that you would forgive us for our many sins and wherein we have failed you, and to cleanse our hearts, God, so that we can understand what it is you would have us to do. 
We thank you for Brother Gary and Sister Carol. God, we just ask that you would bless them and fill them with your Holy Spirit. And God, help us as deacons to be able to fall right along with them and to help them as they serve. And God, help us to remember what our mission is. We're set apart to serve you. Go with us now into our daily lives and help us remember the cause of Jesus Christ and your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray.